Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. I mean, first off, I'm just happy that they're going to be playing indoors on the fast track. I mean, it seems like all all year long, every big game that they had had terrible weather. So the fact that Ohio State's really going to be able to showcase uh, that speed uh, in a dry environment, I'm really excited about that. But for for me, I I'm looking at this team just get out of here healthy. That's the, that's my main thing, especially. Justin Fields. Um, I don't care if Ohio State wins by one point or 30 points. At this point, you're in the playoffs. Um, barring some type of uh, struggle or in LSU, you know, whooping Georgia by 50 points, you're most likely going to have the one C, which I think is vital this year. So just get out of here with a win um, and get into these uh, next several weeks of getting healthy into the actual playoff bowl practice. Yeah, I was going to ask you later, but we'll just get into it now since you alluded to it. I think you kind of answered it. But do you think Ohio State needs style points tomorrow night, assuming LSU looks good against Georgia? Do you think Ohio State needs some style points tomorrow in order to hold on to that number one seed, or do you think they could win by seven points just to hold on to that number one seed if LSU looks I, good? Yeah, I I don't think they're going to need the style points. I mean, it, it would be a situation if, uh, let's say, Wisconsin was ranked 23rd or 24th or not ranked. But you're talking about the number eight team in uh, the playoff committee's rankings here. Uh, if, if Ohio State can beat them back to back in this season, and then you look at what Ohio State has done as far as the total body of work this year, I don't think they actually need the style points. Now, and if you'd have told me a situation where Ohio State um, was coming in right after the Michigan game and just peaked at the number one spot, then I say, hey, maybe you have a, a, an argument. But the fact that the playoff committee have moved Ohio State into the one spot after the Penn State game tells me that they are really high on Ohio State. And the main thing that they've been consistently um, preaching about the Buckeyes this year is, one, body of work, and, two, um, just the overall complete dominance of the Ohio State offense and the defense. And that's something that I still believe that Ohio State has a leg up on LSU is the complete body of work from the from the offense and the defensive side of the football. It does bode well for Ohio State, as you pointed out, that Wisconsin is eighth. Uh, I, I didn't expect them to be that high. I thought, you know, when I, 
I pre-wrote the story so we could have we could you know get it live as soon as the as soon as possible after the rankings came out. So I kind of guessed where the rankings were going to be, and um, I had Wisconsin tenth. I thought they'd be right around there, so I was pleasantly surprised to see them at eighth. And that's it's a good point. I mean, it does help Ohio State that um, the committee right now has Wisconsin at number eight. Um, it will be interesting. Hopefully, we don't even need to worry about it. Hopefully, there will be some style points, and Ohio State just waxes Wisconsin and leaves no doubt. But we shall find out on Sunday. Uh, when they have the selection show. For those who don't know, selection show Sunday, high noon Eastern ESPN. Um, and I think it also helps Ohio State. Obviously, not, they didn't just beat Michigan and at Michigan. They crushed them 56-27. to 27. And, you know, that's a team the, the committee has in the top 15. Um, Jay Book, I haven't talked to you since that game. I mean, I mean, well, you and I were both confident going in, but I certainly wasn't that confident. How surprised were you that Ohio State was just able to blow them out of the water, if you were surprised at all? I, I was fairly surprised about how how well they played um, and just complete dominance. I mean, obviously the Michigan game, I go into that game no matter what the record is with a, a stomach full of butterflies, complete nervousness on my part. And if you if you watch that game, Ohio State, um, the offense, it was scoring essentially almost every drive. I think Ohio State only punted two or three times the entire game. Um, you real Michigan was coming into this game fairly hot. They were playing their best football at the time, so I felt that uh, they that gave them a somewhat of a puncher's chance to make this kind of close. Um, if you saw the the Michigan passing attack and offense early on, they were really showing some things uh, that kind of got Ohio State's defense out of sync, especially utilizing uh, the tight ends and the quick passing game with Shea Patterson because it helped neutralize Ohio State's um, defensive pass rush there, but overall it was just a complete domination from the Buckeyes, and it was great to see, uh, especially up there. I think if, if Justin Fields didn't uh, get that knee rolled up on, Ohio State was well on their way of putting up 70 points on Michigan in the big house. As the game kind of started getting out of hand, Ohio State, you know, really just started pounding the rock and just get out of there healthy as you're. You know, you're up by three touchdowns. No need to put Justin Fields at risk. But I think if he wouldn't have got that knee rolled up on, uh, Ryan Day was going for the body bag for, for Jim Harbaugh up, up up there in Ann Arbor, putting up 70 in front of his home crowd. The excuses up north are hilarious. Uh, I know we're having a lot of fun with it on Bucknuts. There's people just, you know, the whining and the excuses. I know you're having fun with it on Twitter and on Bucknuts, of course. Uh, you, know, you know, Ohio State cheats. You know, uh, you know, the academics are holding Michigan back when everybody knows the general studies thing is, you know, that's, that's where half of their – their team majors in, and even the you know, the guys that are really smart, like Jordan Lewis, are told, "No, you can't go to, you can't, you know, do graphic design because your schedule won't allow it." Source on that: Jordan Lewis himself. Uh, there's just everything else, all these excuses about why you know Ohio State is so much ahead of Michigan. They can't blame the refs this time. I mean, when you get your ass blown out like they did, uh, just you know. What have been your takeaways and maybe some of the, the funny stories you can share about some of the excuses you're hearing from that team up north? Uh, it's hilarious, and it's just a, a testament to what that fan base is all about and what that program is all about. It's always someone else's fault. It's always uh, Ohio State is doing this or Ohio State is doing that. I mean, you you will have a couple logical and rationale Michigan fans who are saying enough is enough with the excuses. 
at this point, five years into the Jim Harbaugh era, the gap is widening even more than what it previously was. Like, they're not even getting close to Ohio State. They're not even making the games competitive. And the fact that the fan base have to justify using uh, the excuses for academics or uh, online classes or um, Ohio State is paying players, according to them, I mean, it's just a bunch of nonsense. All it is is a bunch of fluff to make their fan base feel a little bit better about the butt kicking that they're consistently getting from the Buckeyes. So to me, I find it laughable. Um, they're just they're just consistently embarrassing themselves. Uh, the meltdown from those guys have been epic this past week. I mean, if you go into any of their boards right now, it is still a complete meltdown. Um, but once the summer comes around, they'll have their September Heisman hype again. They'll be thumping their chest. Only for once November comes around, they'll be back into their little sinkholes, making more excuses about how Ohio State is doing this or doing that, and they can't compete with the big boys. But that's the testament to their fan base. That's who they are. That's what they've been for the last 20 years. They always make excuses. They never want to look in the mirror for self-accountability, and it, it will continue to be that way until they actually realize that Jim Harbaugh is not who they who they thought he was going to be. Their program is nothing but smoke and mirrors. Um, it's a bunch of fake hype created by the media, and the thing that really you know troubles me is the excuses that the national media is 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 making for Jim Harbaugh. I mean, if this was Ohio State or anybody else. They would absolutely be eviscerating him. Um, when you got media members like Greenberg, Mike Greenberg on ESPN, going out and doing a monologue, a written monologue on on why we shouldn't be holding Jim Harbaugh accountable and the expectations are too high. I mean, the guy just got a 10% raise. He's going to be making almost $8 million next year coming up. And you want everybody to downplay the expectations? I mean, if that's the case, then go find you a Mac coach and pay him half of what you're paying Jim Harbaugh and probably get the same type of results. I know that's the funniest part. Like, they're, oh, we're not really, like, you know, we want to run a clean program and we're not really, you know, trying to be a football factory and, you know, like some of those other schools, except they're paying Jim Harbaugh the third most of any coach. The only, only coaches that are making more than Jim Harbaugh are Nick Saban and Dabo Sweeney. Um, so, I mean, he was making even more money than Urban Meyer when Urban Meyer retired. So, yeah, I mean, it's just contradiction after contradiction. It's like if you're not trying to be one of the big boys, and we all know Jim Harbaugh was pushing the, the envelope as much as possible with recruiting, and good for him for trying. I'm not even sliding him for that. You know, it hasn't really worked, but um, because of him, they had to put in some regulations. Like, you can't have sleepovers with recruits. You can't have, you know, players that you can't hire the parents of players on your staff or the high school coaches of players on your staff that you're trying to recruit, things like that. But yeah, I mean, you can't say that, you know, oh, yeah, we're, we're not really trying to be a football factory. When you're paying Jim Harbaugh, like, an exorbitant amount of money again 7.5 million dollars a year to be the head coach it's crazy um i want to close the show jay book talking about jonathan cooper it's really interesting the plan is he's going to redshirt he played against michigan that surprised me he had a sack um you know and right now the plan is for him to redshirt i asked ryan day earlier this week well, what if you guys get in a situation where you're in a playoff semifinal or a national championship game and you're banged up at defensive end could the plan change uh, at that point, you know, could you guys reassess and, and put Jonathan Cooper in there because you're trying to win a national championship? His answer was very interesting. He said even if Cooper wanted to do it, 
the coaches need to do the right thing and step in and make sure he has a full senior season in 2020. But what if Cooper really wants to? He's like, no, no, I, I, this is what I want. What if we don't get back to the national championship game? Like, I want to play in this game um, or these games of the semifinals and the national championship game. Again, hopefully they're not banged up at DN, but just what do you make of the Jonathan Cooper situation? Yeah, it's, it's fascinating, and, and I think their plan is smart uh, by setting him up to be able to come back next year. Um, but if it's a situation, a hypothetical, as you mentioned, that the Ohio State is banged up, then they really, really need to uh, evaluate here. That's going to have to be a long, tough conversation, not just with Jonathan Cooper, but with his family as well, because this is this, this is a situation where this kid can come back next year work on his graduate graduate degree um, being paid for by Ohio State. Um, so if you're if you're telling me that this kid's gonna, you know, forfeit forfeit that opportunity for one game, obviously the national championship um is a once in a lifetime opportunity for a lot of these guys. So it's just gonna be have to, it's gonna have to be a collective conversation um amongst everybody there but hopefully we're not in that situation he'll be back but the news yesterday that broke that really got me fired up was justin hillier also getting uh granted his sixth year and having him come back he's played really good football this year and hopefully he can remain healthy um be just having him and cooper back with their veteran leadership on that defense after you're going to lose quite a bit of guys to the nfl can't be understated no doubt about it i'm glad you brought up Justin Hilliard. Sean Wade's another guy for next year. I hope he comes back. I don't know if he will. I kind of think he'll, he's probably going to go pro, and we'll find out uh, later today if Sean Wade uh, will be cleared uh, for the game tomorrow night when they do the status report. I guess we won't know for sure. He could be a game-time decision like he was last week, but Jeffrey Okuda earlier this week said he expects Sean Wade will definitely play, So, uh, but we'll find out. We'll have that posted on Bucknuts later today. Great stuff, as usual, from Jonah Booker. Really appreciate it, Jay Book, and thanks to our listeners out there for tuning into the show. Hope everyone has a great day, and hope everyone enjoys the Big Ten title game tomorrow night. Let's hear that Buckeye swag. Let's do band in the lane. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.